How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases to tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet. Their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful. I'm Taylor McGilvery. Join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives. We're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs. We're exploring how these advancements touch lives, reshape communities, and pave the way for a brighter future. Subscribe to New Wave on your favorite platform. Be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions, we're finding answers. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Um, what are your thoughts on eating dudes' buttholes? Oh, okay. Well, uh, didn't know we were going to go right there. <laughs> but, uh, Here, but... Uh, let me preface it. Let me preface that. Please preface that. <laughs> you've, I don't think you've ever eaten my butthole. Uh, no, you definitely haven't. I know you haven't because I probably wouldn't have let you. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now, are you? Uh, I I don't know a whole lot about your sex life outside of our sex life. <laughs> um, I know a few things here and there, but are you one to just dive into eating the butthole? No, I don't. I definitely do not dive into <laughs> the eating of the butthole. Well, there's some people out there who love. 
licking the butt. They just jump in there, right? I think so. I've had mine eaten. Yes. And I think I've probably put yours on my mouth. Once. And I have I have put my mouth on other people's butts. Yes. Okay. Now, perfect. The buttholes that you were eating, were they hairless or no? They were not. Okay. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> why is this coming up? I don't remember. Something happened the other day when I was um, eating out <laughs> eating out Guy's butthole. No. <laughs> Somebody. Somebody brought up okay, so I've had laser done to my uh, yeah, I know um, bikini. I have a basically a Brazilian. Do they whack. laser your butthole? They do. Okay, That's, so your butthole is included in. Well, the Well, can I just say that there's no hair that grows directly from the butthole? Oh come on, what? Well, not yes, man. No, no. I'm sorry. Don't take your butthole out right now. Not, but your butthole's got to have hair. My okay. butthole's got hair on it for sure. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a, look, okay, all right, all right, here, here, here. Let me preface the preface. I am not a particularly hairy guy, right? No. I mean, um, you know, I've got a little bit of hair on my belly. Um, my, my chest hair can, can, can be kind of impressive, yeah. but I don't really like being super hairy. So I buzz, I buzz down my chest hair. I buzz down my belly hair. My pubes, I keep, generally, I keep pretty, uh, um, <clears throat> Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Trimmed. Yeah, like groomed. groomed. Yeah, yeah, like well groomed. I don't, I don't ever shave, shave. That's the worst. I gotta say. I mean, when it's smooth, it's great. But like a second after that, like if you have yeah, a lot yeah. of testosterone, you're just pushing out the body hair by the second. Yeah, it's like it's it's like a, like what like razor like blades, fifty grit sandpaper. Well, um, but I, I keep my I keep my pubes on um, my pubis short, real short, and then and then I keep my balls completely shaved, and my shaft underside and top side shaved. These balls are smooth. These as are eggs. smooth as eggs. But but here's the thing: is when I'm shaving my balls. And I'm sure there's some guys out there who who can who can relate to this. I basically shave my balls to the point where I can't, uh, where I can see to, and then where I can't see. So basically, my taint to my butthole stays au natural. Now, I've got a pretty hairy taint, and if you don't know, for those of you who don't know, the taint is the uh, is the the space between. The butthole and the balls, or the butthole and the vagi- the vagina. So my taint is hairy. My butthole is hairy. My butt cheeks are uh, baby butt cheeks smooth, and I don't shave my butt cheeks. But my butthole is hairy. Okay. Now I am <laughs> I am not accustomed to having my butthole. Um, <laughs> eating out. Yep. I don't have my butthole licked. However, I wouldn't mind having my butthole licked. I'm sure I'd like that a lot. Here's the problem. But I can't have my butthole licked if my butthole isn't 
hairless. No, because of a so key thing that came up in a conversation the other day, and I can't, I'm still trying to remember why. Uh, <laughs> um, um, dingleberries came up. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's why you're not getting your, your hairy butthole licked if you have one. Well, well, well. That's why I wouldn't want anyone to ever lick my butthole. You're probably fine though, because you're astoundingly clean. Yes, but I still am very self conscious about hair on my butt. Well, and this is why I'm self conscious about hair on my butthole. Yeah, is I actually quite enjoy licking um, a nice butthole. Yeah. For sure, not if there's hair on it. And here's what's really weird about that. Dingleberries? Well, no. no, no, no. <laughs> well, nobody wants to lick a dingleberry-filled butthole. <laughs> but here's the thing about that is I have no problem licking uh, a particularly hairy vagina. Yeah. Like vaginal hair? Whatever. I don't give a fuck about that. But the, but the, but, but the butthole hair... I can't get, I can't get over it because it I feel, holds. That's right. Yeah, it like holds. Yeah. This is so gross to talk about, but <laughs> so 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 I feel like if I can't wrap my head around licking a butthole because there's hair on it, even if it's a little bit of hair, it's just not not my thing. Uh huh. Um, I could never. I would never feel comfortable someone licking my butthole if it wasn't hairless. So the whole reason why I brought this whole thing up because I know I didn't run this by you before we started recording. Is I'm thinking about getting my butthole waxed. You're gonna love it. I'm gonna tell you one thing: it's not painful. Now I can't believe those words. I don't know why. It's just not sensitive there. When I shot when I shot Artzuka, um, they had to wax my uh, the first like f- four inches on my forearm. And they had to wax the first like three inches on my the upper part of my chest and my clavicle because they didn't want any hair coming out of the out of the neck of my shirt or out of the uh, the wrist of my shirt because I guess they just wanted the host to be like I don't know some like hairless uh, freak but <clears throat> that hurts so bad yeah that's not your asshole though there's a lot less pain back there. that thing goes through a lot okay I just uh. I'd like to take a moment just to just to, to revisit the word taint because I looked it up on Urban Dictionary where you're talking about it and um and they're just making like they're the sample sentences are always the best fucking part of this thing. So taint aka chin rest while performing oh, cunnilingus, he rested her chin on her taint. He rested his chin on yeah. her taint. Or mm-hmm. it could be she rested her chin. On her taint. The area located between the vagina and the bunghole. Taint pussy and taint ass. The part of a woman's anatomy that touches the bicycle seat. Oh my god. Also see driving range. Sample sentence. She's gonna feel some pain in the morning because I just whacked my balls on her taint. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I I just wanted to... Urban Dictionary, folks. Um, so, so uh, uh, two questions. Get your butthole waxed yeah, for sure. You're down. One, you're, you think that's a good idea? It, it's going to feel, you're going to feel amazing. I have two questions. What's, How much does it generally cost to get your butthole waxed? 
Um, well, a woman's uh, gear usually costs between uh, $30 and $50 for a Brazilian. How Does it grow back But fast? you'll be lucky. It takes about four weeks. Oh, you'll okay. be lucky to find a place that'll do your butthole. That was my second question. How many places are waxing dudes' buttholes? Guaranteed Kara's on Spring Garden waxes male buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only place do I you? can think of that yeah, does it. Okay. I mean, a lot of women don't do it. A lot of women. Because honestly, <laughs> when you're in there getting your butthole waxed, there's a, like a small range of topics of conversation that come up naturally. And one of them is... How many guys do you have come in here? Another is like, how many times do people fart in your face? Because literally you got to kind of every, here's the thing you need to prepare for is every esthetician has their way of doing it that they're comfortable with. So you could be Mm -hmm. laying on your back with your knees hugged up to your chest. Oh, that's going to be great. You could be laying on your belly, holding your own butt cheeks apart. Oh my God, what? (laughs) You could be on all fours. Jeez. I've seen all kinds of things. Uh, or I, I haven't seen them. I know what my I know what my conversation topic would be. What's that? Uh, Any dingleberries back there? Yeah, I was. Well, I was gonna say like, what's my butt? Like, I've never seen my butthole. Is it good? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what grade? Is my butthole good? What grade would you give it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you've never leaned over in the mirror and checked out your butthole. No, not really. I don't ever look at my butthole. Is that is that a thing? Do people do that? Well. I think that uh, I definitely do that with my. Well, I started doing that at a particular age with my vagina. I thought all women did that with their vagina. I mean, I can just look down my dick. I can look at my dick at any time. That's fair. You um, can. But my my butthole. I've never really had the urge to be like, "What's my butthole looking like?" Well, no. Okay, but that's fair. Not as yeah. many people look at their butthole as they do their vagina. I'm sure. Well, let's put a pin on this and come back to it at some point because I know that we don't have a lot of time for our foreplay uh, today. Oh, no. I want you to put it in your calendar and call an esthetician right now and book it so we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I would love All right. Sure. I'll call Kara's tomorrow. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, let's, uh, we do have, a, we do have a, a bit of a longer uh, interview today as we did last week. Um, so let's keep the foreplay a bit short. But there is a, there's a question that came in. Uh, some uh, what were we calling these? We we're calling them brain boners, right? No, we haven't come up with a cute name. Yeah, yet. so we got a brain boner that came in this uh, this week. And uh, <laughs> what's the brain boner, Brady? Wait, are we doing the long distance relationship? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that one. All right, just to preface this, if you've sent us some uh, brain boner, we're getting uh, to it. We're getting to it. We've got actually a, kind of a backlog. Uh, but if you have a brain boner and you want to send it to us, uh, go over to our website. There's a brain boner form down at the bottom. Uh, it's the contact us form and, uh, you can send us your questions and we'll answer them to the best of our abilities. But, uh, if you don't already know this, uh, we are not professionals and we're kind of idiots. So, uh, hit us, Brady. What do we got? Hi, Jeremy and Brady. I'm in a newly long distance relationship with my partner of eight Years. He had to move for work, and I'm stuck in Halifax to finish school. I'm wondering if you pals could give me some tips to work on our sexual relationship through texts, phone calls, etc. Um, that message was from Caitlin. Hope you don't mind that we used your name. I didn't Caitlin. use your last name. <clears throat> um, well, this this is a good question because actually, I one of the things that I always say about our relationship, Brady, is that. Um, it was kind of founded on long distance, uh, out of the, I, I did the math one time about like seven years in and out of the seven years that we were together, 
we had spent almost three and a half of those years in separate places. Yeah. We spent a lot of time apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, one of my favorite things I love it. I we love did. That. Well, I didn't love it, but we we somehow made it work. I in love a way. that we made it work. Yeah, and I hadn't been able to make it work in in previous relationships, but with you, I remember. I just have this. As soon as I read this, the first thing that came to mind was when you were. Uh, on wild and you were whitewater kayaking like down through to Mexico. We had this tradition of was getting three together. Months. I was gone for three months. Yeah, you were gone for three months. I was in my last year of university. I literally asked you to marry me. Two weeks later, left for three months. Yeah. How about them apples? How about that? I knew it was going to happen. Um, but we watched Mad Men together. Yeah. Yeah, and On nothing Skype. sexual about that. Nope. You know, we would we would sit down, uh, watch a movie together. That's actually that is an amazing, or sorry, watch a, a television series. That's a great thing to do. I think is is engaging in in an activity that you can both do at the same time and kind of interact and engage with each other as you're doing it. Yeah, that was good. Um, that is really great. When it comes to the sexual stuff, um, I, for myself personally, I. I actually really enjoy um, very, very like intensely detailed texting out scenarios. Yeah, I remember doing like that a, with you. As if I'm an erotic novelist, mm-hmm. right? Like right down to like the what every finger is doing. I, I've never actually read an erotic novel, but I'm assuming it's like this and if it's not then I, by golly i should probably write something you probably because should I'd probably write a pretty goddamn good i remember one one text conversation we were having i remember because i was in montreal at urban outfitters strolling through the sales racks uh texting you about sucking your thumb the way i wanted to suck other parts of you and, and then someone was walking behind you and you just hear <laughs> And they slipped and fell, and they're like, why isn't there a wet floor sign here? And then I mopped it up with for sale items <laughs> from Urban Outfitters, and now you bought them and you're wearing them. Oh, God. Um, yeah. We also did have some Skype sex sessions. Yeah, yeah those are always great. Yeah. It's and- great for the, like, I don't know about how it was for you, but for the guy, you know, as, as I'm, and I'm going to speak uh, generally here. Most of the men that I've known growing up um, were visually stimulated. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, why is porn the way porn is? Well, porn's catered to men, and it's very visually uh, focused, yeah. um, you know? And so to, like, to see you on a screen and be like, hey, Brody, like, you know, turn around and yeah. show me your butt. Like, with, your like freshly your waxed. freshly waxed butt and... <laughs> Stick it right up to the camera so I can pretend that I'm licking the... Uh... Which was really super awkward for me, starting out all of the visual video stuff. It would, I was kind of joking there, but I actually think I was like, yo, finger your asshole for me. Yeah, I think there. that was the phase we were in. Yeah, I, um, I loved it. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, 100%. <coughs> um, 
Did you just do it because you were like, well, I guess he likes this, so yeah. well, I want to do it. That's what I did. I mean, I definitely got something from it because yeah. there's a certain letting down of inhibitions that I think is a part of the sexual experience, even when you're together, Yeah, that was really uh, probably out of my comfort zone and exciting. The other thing uh, that I would suggest, and we've never done this, but uh, it's something that I really want to do at some point, is... Um, the, this whole concept of the we vibe, you know, we're like, it's, it's the year 2017. We live in the fucking future. You know, Caitlin, you and your, your partner, uh, he's gone away wherever he is. Like say he's in Edmonton right now. Uh, you can buy this fucking vibrator, stick it in your hoo-ha and he can open up his phone, swipe right, press a button. And next thing you know, He's controlling the the intensity at which he is pleasuring you with with this vibrator that's inside you. Now, I know what you're going to say. Okay, say it. Now you may be opening yourself to potential privacy in, in invasions. I, this is what I have to say about that. I don't give a fuck. Who gives a fucking rat's well, ass? Well, it's funny because I was just reading up on this. Uh, we're a little bit late on this news, but I was reading up. I was trying to figure out who complained about this, like whose problem this was, who filed the lawsuit. And it was definitely a couple. It was one couple and the things oh, they were monitoring couple, no 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 it was a couple of really? people it, well i don't know they didn't say one couple they said two clients i'm sure once those two came out a whole bunch of other people were like yeah let's get on this there's a there's a class action lawsuit we can make the, the thousand bucks sure so what they were monitoring was the temperature of the device the rate at which you change the speed um, of the device and the time of day that you were using it. And it was all tied to your email address. And so people, uh, were, and I'm sure maybe a couple of other things, but people were uncomfortable with that information being readily available and maybe sold to other people. Sure. Now here's the thing is I, I do get, I do understand the value in, uh, privacy in the age of like living in the internet. However, if you're it, this, the way that I look at it is is if you are using a toy that is catered to that that is hooked up to the internet that is used as an app that is used between you and your partner, um, the information that they're gathering, without a doubt, is going to be used. I'm guessing primarily to like. Refine the tool. Refine the tool and better improve the quality of the toy. Yeah. And you know what? It should also be said, and we didn't say this, it's a Canadian company. They also, um, they responded to this really well and like sent out $5 million in in settlements. And apparently they dropped their prices. So if you're all looking to get a (laughs) revive, now's the time to buy. Bye, bye, bye. Do Uh, it. Get your shit. Uh, Also though, it could be hacked by... Anyone who can access your Wi-Fi or uh, Bluetooth in some cases, I think if you don't hop on there and fucking change the, Sweet. the code password. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, then awesome. Let it. <laughs> let people just make you feel good. Well, actually, you know what? Is that assault? Well, that's the that's the conversation. Well, for some people, <laughs> you're just. Sitting at home and then all of a sudden someone decides to vibrate you? It could be an yeah. act of anonymous Man, sexual activity crazy. with someone. Cyber sexual assault that's just 
directly linked to actually your sex toy. This is the future. Speaking of sexual assault, uh, uh, yeah. which is not a funny thing at all. No. Uh, but we sh- probably should lay down a little trigger warning. Uh, this week's episode, we speak to the lovely Kyla. Uh, she is a, a uh, alternative, alternative model. sexy model. And uh, we have a really great conversation surrounding confidence, body confidence, uh, body image. And uh, her history uh, as a model in this industry and also her experience just in relationships outside of the industry. Um, some of them which were definitely to definitely border, if not are explicitly in sexual assault. Yeah. So um, just throwing that out there, trigger warning, if that's, if that's not your bag, maybe uh, – maybe – End the end the episode here. No, uh, it's just a small part of the episode. So I would just say the story all along is really great from beginning to end, and that's a small part of it. But what this woman has to say about what Jeremy was saying, like body confidence and man, oh man, just like celebrating what you got is really inspiring. And it, um, and does she ever uh, celebrate what she's got? Yes. Uh, also, if you're looking to see what she's celebrating, check uh, out her, check blog, out her post. blog post because she's dropped some super steamy photos on her blog post and talks about uh, exactly what we're talking about right now. So yeah, for sure, this is one of my favorite conversations. Yeah, we're stoked for you guys to hear it. Hope you enjoy it. We'll see you all on the other side. Make love. So, hi, Kyla. Hi. How you doing? Good. Sweet. Uh, here to talk to us about sex, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. I, or something. Something relating something to that. Something about sex. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of my favorite things. So. Yeah? Yeah. You've got it. You're pretty like, you're a pretty sexual um, person. I don't know. We don't know each other really. Um, like we worked together one time on a movie. Yeah. Uh, you do makeup, right? Yes. I do makeup. I model. I've dabbled in acting, though mm-hmm. I would not call myself an actor. Yeah. Uh, but I have been on a few different shows and stuff yeah your makeup right now is fucking on point thank you uh, i did have a photo shoot today and then <laughs> i did makeup and now i'm here okay. i you showed up with those suitcases that are in the doorway and i was like maybe she's going on a trip i was like <laughs> maybe she's going to do our makeup <laughs> yeah. that's just my life like that's just and being a freelance makeup artist without a car is like very yeah very challenging but ding dong I like it. As someone who n- does not know how to put makeup on uh, my face, I always get really excited when I'm talking to makeup artists. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a skill, man. It's a crazy skill. Like, We're going to have Brandy on. Uh, my friend Brandy, she works at Mac, or she used to work at Mac. Yeah, She's got totally. some mad makeup skills, Brandy, too. I think I worked with Brandy. I used to work at Mac, and I think Transgender I worked with Brandy. Transgender gal. Yeah, um, absolutely. Real, real sassy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Fucking love that girl. Totally. Uh, we'll have her on the show some, sometime soon. That'd I'm be sure. great. Um, but what I was g- going to say was that we we have, um, we've crossed paths a number of times here in Halifax, small city. Yeah. Um, but your... your I was going to say your 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 modeling photos are very sexy. Like you are a very open. Uh, it seems you're a very like sexually um, confident 
and yeah. open person um, in terms of like feeling confident and looking strong and confident in your body, in your modeling photos. Um, have you always been like that? Um, for the most part, um, very young in my childhood, I was, my family was very open to me being nude all the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like always running around my house naked. Like no one really cared. I used to like moon people and think it was hilarious and like cackle forever. Were were your parents just like a couple of hippies? Uh, I lived with my mom. Okay. Uh, So it was just my mom. So she wasn't even so much a hippie. She just like didn't really care about nudity. Sure. Um, And I lived with my grandparents for a little bit, or they were always like very close by. And And they they were just nudists anyway. My my grandmother was a nurse, so she was not worried about it. And like it was just, it was a very common thing. And they never made a big stink about it. Like Mm. it's just how I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And like now I would call myself. An exhibitionist, I guess, in a way of yeah. like I'm totally down to be naked wherever. <laughs> like, if you dare me to take my clothes off in public, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really care. So, I'm very thankful for them for like instilling that in me because mm-hmm. I've just always been very confident um, in my body. Do you have siblings? No. Well, oh. I have a stepbrother and sister on my dad's side. Okay, but um, I didn't really grow up with them. My brother and I are eight years apart, and that's my closest. Right on. So I was just wondering if there was a bunch of naked little kids running around, no, or it was, was just, just like me and a bunch one of cats, wildling. me and a bunch of cats. Yeah. So God, <laughs> cats are naked too. I guess unless kind you of, unless yeah. you dress them up. Yeah. You know. And was this like what, how old are we talking? Like till you were like basically until I hit puberty. Obviously, once I hit puberty, like it got weird if my grandfather was home. Like right, yeah. <laughs> just because and like. Um, I had moved to Calgary as well, where we lived with my mom and her boyfriend at the time. And, like, then I wouldn't. Right, yeah. And stuff like that. So, it's, Can I just mention something that's been on my mind? It's funny that you say that, because I was having a memory today of the first time that I remember being like, I can't have no clothes on in front of my dad. Like, I remember this coming downstairs being like, I have to pee so bad. The only way to the bathroom is through the living room. And my dad is ironing and I'm standing there at the bottom of the stairs dancing. And my dad's like, just go to the bathroom. And I ended up like totally peeing on the floor because I was like, I can't, I can't go naked. Yeah. Why were you naked? Well, I don't know. I was just upstairs in my bedroom. Naked. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably like, how old are you? I have no idea. I don't remember. Yeah. Man, I've, uh, I was never like, I'm a, I was a never nude. Like growing up, I was a fucking never nude. I mean, I can't remember, I can't remember when that transition happened where I was like, yeah, I'm a little kid and I'm naked and like, whatever, my pee pee's out. Like to going to, oh, no one can see my dick. Right. Like, I don't want anyone to ever see me naked. Um, cause like I was, I never did, I never played hockey. Right. So I was never doing the locker room thing. Like I, I was a paddler. And we just had a changing room and like, we never really took our clothes off. You just show up, um, in whatever you were paddling in mm-hmm. or training in. Um, whereas I know a lot of guys who like played hockey or did like, or football or basketball, like those locker room sports, mm-hmm. they're just like always naked. And it's only been within the last, like, I guess six or seven years, like since I started doing yoga, mm-hmm. That you've and, been in a locker room. And being, being in a, a locker room, really, and being like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm, yeah. I guess I was 
whip my dick out and pop in the shower and yeah. who gives a fuck? Thinking about our nieces' ages, like mm. eight and ten, I'm thinking I was probably like just hitting pu- puberty and that's probably why. Like my body was probably changing. I was probably around like nine. Mm. Yeah. I don't specifically have a memory of when I realized that um, – I do somewhat faintly remember a conversation that I had with my mom where it was like, maybe like while you're around your grandfather, you shouldn't. And I do remember I used to swim and I do remember thinking it was really weird because I would see women go to the shower naked Mm -hmm. and I always did it in my swimsuit when I was in public. And it was always kind of a thing that we just did like at home. Ah, interesting. So I do remember it being weird seeing other women naked in locker rooms. Right. But- not so much just being like, but being more curious about it, not being like offended. Right. Mm. But just being like, well, why do I have to keep my bathing suit on if they're yeah. nude? How old are you now? I'm 24. I just turned 24 on the third. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. Happy belated to you. Thank you. Well. <laughs> um, so when, when did you, when did this transition to like, um, when did you start to kind of find your exhibitionist side? Um, uh, well, I started modeling. Actually, my first photo shoot was with Stu. Yeah, who's Stu, been on the show. Been on the show. Yeah. Fantastic, very good friend of mine. Um, and I did my first implied shoot with him. What's implied shoot? Implied is like I was topless, but there was no nudity. Like no ah, one saw anything, and yes. I was seventeen. Got it. Oh wow! So you're supposed to be eighteen. Yeah, to Stu. shoot nudity. Uh-oh. No, it was no, Uh-oh, it was Stu. no, it was totally okay. fine. It was there was like no. Stu, and, they're coming to get you. They're coming I to get had, you. Stu, run. I had specifically like asked to do it because I was at that time like that's when I was starting to be a little bit more out there. Uh, I had my sexuality started at quite a young age, mm-hmm. so I had lost my virginity at fifteen. Okay. Right. So being 17 and being topless wasn't that big of a deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, my photo shoot that I did today is the six. Tomorrow will be the six year anniversary of my first totally nude shoot. Awesome. And it was with the same photographer today. Okay. So it was kind of like a. And who's, the, who's the photographer that did the uh, first nude shoot? With uh, Blair Doyle. Blair Doyle. He's a okay, local. Cool. Uh, fashion and beauty photographer. Sweet. Really, really great. Does some really cool edgy stuff. Um, I just had my first nude photo shoot. Yeah. It was so fun. It was great. I did not know it was going to be nude until we got into it. And I'm so awkward at having my photo taken. Like, I am just, I hate it so much. And, um... I did my own makeup. I did my own hair, which is what, probably why I felt this way, like super self-conscious. The first photo, he, he took a couple and then showed them to me. And I was like, great. I look like a fucking serial killer. And this was with clothes on. And then we progressed until I was eventually like completely naked. And it was this beautiful. I, he's probably going to listen to this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was a really, I, now I'm feeling really well, shy well, about you know talking what? It's about funny. it. Like you came, we were supposed to record, uh, an episode we were in Toronto for mm-hmm. sick boy. We were recording a batch of episodes and you and I, Bridie, ha- we're going to record one episode for turn me on while we were there. And your shoot happened right before the recording. Mm-hmm. And so you showed up to the recording studio and I was like, how did it go? And you were like, huh, it was intense. And I was like, intense how? You're like, I got real naked. And I was like, whoa, really? And you're like, yeah. And then uh, is it uh, uh, 
Matt. Matt. Uh, Matt sent you some screen caps of screen grabs of his, like he started computer. working the photos like right then. And so he took a couple of shots of the computer and sent them to Bridie. And Bridie's like, yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. And I was like, holy fucking shit, Bridie. Like, not only did you get naked, but like, you're basically <laughs> fingering yourself. Yes. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yes. And you were like, yeah. And you were like, yeah, just like if he made it feel really comfortable. Don't, yeah, I just like, I don't think... I have, uh, I just feel weird trying to describe it because I felt this like very, very insecure about talking about it to anybody, especially men, because I felt like any man I would try to describe it to be like, oh, I know what that's about. But it wasn't like that. Yeah. Whatever you're, um, whatever you're, you're thinking automatically. But I I think this is really a really interesting topic. And I know for a fact that, that Kylie, you'll, you'll be able to touch on this and talk about this. But when you, Came so so you come back you show me these photos, and I'm looking at them, and I go so did you guys fuck? <laughs> that was the that was the legit question that came to my mind. I was like oh did you guys did you guys bang afterwards? And you were like oh no, and I was like but how like he's literally like you know there was some and these photos are fucking beautiful like he did a fantastic job, but you know a photo of like this this like man's tattooed hand like holding your hand while you're touching yourself and it's like a shot down his arm and i'm like how did it not just turn into sex and i think you the way you answered it the way you talked about it and about what he did to make you feel super comfortable was this was a safe space it was a really safe space and and i was and that tore immediately i was like oh of course of course they didn't have sex. Like, that's what a silly thing to think. But That's something that I, in my adult relationships, have had to deal with for, like, a very long time. Yeah. Um, most of my boyfriends have been, we've been monogamous. And typically they're, like, quite jealous. I can be quite jealous myself. I try and work on it every mm-hmm. day. Um, and it's something that I deal with all the time, especially because I've done some quite, like, explicit shoots before mm-hmm. and it's just unless you're in that situation you don't really understand what's going on but as an actor I feel like you would kind of understand being on set mm-hmm. it's a very similar feeling mm-hmm. yeah and I totally got it as soon as Bridie like explained it to me I went oh yeah of course yeah, yeah of course it's like and usually more often than not there's like a photo assistant there mm-hmm. also it not always but very often like usually there's like a few other or at least like a hairstylist or a makeup artist or someone is there like it's not like you're just like privately in a room and mm. like and I've had my own experiences with photographers who have come on to me and stuff and yeah and uh, you do learn how to deal with that or how to get yourself out of that situation or go with it if you're single and into it like we're all adults at the same time Mm -hmm. but I've always um I've always if I was to sleep with a photographer it would never be like during a photo shoot right Mm -hmm. yeah you know what I mean it's like we're adults let's go on a date let's go have dinner let's Mm -hmm. go talk and like do it separately from that Mm -hmm. and that's always how I've kind of felt it yeah. So yeah, I mean, keeping it just very professional. You know exactly, I mean? like, and, that's and if you the, don't, like, you're not going to get fucking work. 
as a well, photographer. Well, that's just that people know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. people will hear. Is that an issue here in Halifax, though? Like, I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, active on Instagram, and I know a lot of photographers on Instagram, and I know a lot of photographers who know photographers on Instagram. And there's a lot of these accounts popping up of, like, really, really beautiful photography of, of, of very attractive, very naked uh, women. And I, I know a couple people who have been like, just approached just like DM'd out of nowhere of like, Hey, I'd love for you to model for me. And I'm wondering if that is a, is that like an issue? Is that a common issue of like, ah, yeah, there's a lot of creeps out there that they're like, just trying to get, um, not, clothes off. not so much no? in Halifax. I mean, anywhere there can be issues like that. Um, I don't think I've experienced it so much in the sense of like, I've, been modeling professionally since I was 17. So people kind of know that I, I quite am a part of the industry here. And if you do something to me, yeah. people are going to know. Yeah. Like, cause mm-hmm. they, you know, I'm not quiet. Like yeah, right. I'm going to, if something's not right, I'm going to say something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, in Vancouver, that was definitely something you had to be careful with. Oh yeah. Um, and like, like I said here, there definitely could be, and a lot we call them guys with camera. Right. And it's like, it's just a guy who wants to take pictures of naked girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And usually we'll do it for. F- Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Free. Or, like, you're asking them to do it for free. And can be creepy. And it's just, like, knowing how to get yourself out of those situations or not even put yourself in those situations in the first place. Usually, if, like, when I was in Vancouver, I would always go to coffee first because mm. I can read people well. So yeah. I would like to go meet with them, have coffee, talk about the concept, go in with a solid concept and really work about it that way. Yeah. So it's really just being smart if it is something that you want to. And I mean, like asking other people in the industry can also be a huge help. Uh, so if a guy just messages messages you out of the blue on Instagram, it's very easy to kind of find who they are. 
and message like other models they've shot, people that are mutual friends. Luckily with yeah. social media right now, like we're it's so easy to find mutual people who like you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who will give you honest opinions. Mm-hmm. Do you is there do you have anything to like speak to about that experience that you had like like what what it what made that situation comfortable enough to be like yeah I'm going to take my clothes off in front of this complete stranger I that's a really good question and I would need to think about that I think before I answered it completely but for me being naked in front of a photographer was a lot less vulnerable of a feeling um, than being clothed in front of a photographer. Whoa. Yeah. I feel huh. that. I feel that. I was actually talking about that today at my shoot. Was, I am more comfortable getting into a pose or doing something with my body without clothes on. When I have clothes on, I have to be like, so what should I do? Mm-hmm. Whereas with my own body, like I'm so comfortable with my own body that I it, it just feels more natural. And if you have more inspiration i guess to Mm. like create something with your own body i think the way that it ended up happening was that i just and i've done this pretty much with every because i went there to do headshots i was like you know and (laughs) and i did get some but i think what happened was like i can't shut my mouth right now i need to address what's happening in my head right now which is that i'm really uncomfortable i don't know what to do with my body i Like, I'm really uncomfortable getting my photo taken. I'm feeling really insecure about this and this and this. And he just had an ongoing dialogue with me the whole time. Like, tell me about that. Oh, well, you know, you look really beautiful. Look, this, this is what I see, blah, blah, blah. Um, In and eventually I not and not very eventually like pretty close to the beginning of the shoot I was like I will be more comfortable I put this on if I'm showing more skin which is maybe an interesting psychological thing we maybe that's not healthy I don't know but I was just like I think if my if I can just feel like like I'm allowed to be a sexual like express myself sexually then um that's a like a I'm more self-expressed in that way than I am pretending to be this like hire me I'm composed Mm. yeah Mm. totally I like I understand that and I think it's a big personality thing I mean I've done um there was a photo shoot that I did with um two other models that it was just supposed to be me and two other women and we're just like sexy like suicide girl style like not like porn, mm-hmm. but just like sexy, like girls, like kissing girls, blah, 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 blah. And then it did end up turning like we were just so comfortable and having so much fun and had so much chemistry that it did end up being like some pretty like crazy photos, like probably <laughs> one of the best photo shoots I've had. Yeah. Where we're literally like basically getting it on with each other. There was no fingering, but there was some licking involved and stuff like that. And it's just you work like. A professional photographer will always, like, if you say you're uncomfortable, should always be willing to stop. Yeah, pull back right there. Right like, there, there should be no problem. Mm-hmm. So um, if you end up feeling comfortable enough to take off your clothes, yeah, or if you feel like that makes you more comfortable, 
then do it. Well, mm. that's the thing. I was just, like, why well, should clarify that when I was saying I was uncomfortable and like feeling really awkward, it was like my clothes are on and I don't know how to behave right now. Yeah, mm. totally. Where, like, for someone who's listening to this right now and they're thinking, oh my God, I am so not comfortable in my own skin. Like, I do not find, I, I, I do not find the, the I, I can't find the ability to like, to feel comfortable in my own body. Um, is there anything that you would say to that person to like, like, are there things that people can do to, um, to kind of feel more comfortable in their own skin? Or do you think that's, that's like really an ingrained thing from like way back? I think you can learn it. I think you can teach yourself it. Um, a huge thing that helped me, which actually going back to your question of like, when did you start? like being an exhibitionist or like mm. wanting to have photos. Like I remember being a kid and getting a digital camera for the first time and being like, huh, I wonder what like my vagina looks like mm-hmm. and taking pictures and like realizing <laughs> yeah, right. that like I could take pictures and then delete them. Mm-hmm. But I was curious about my body. And I think like, Taking sexy selfies for that special someone. Taking sexy selfies for yourself. Take some selfies in the mirror. Learn your angles. Learn what looks good mm-hmm. and what makes you feel good. And that, I think, is actually a huge help in the fact that we're able to do that in this day and age. Mm. And then you can just delete them. If yeah. you don't like them, if they make you feel uncomfortable, yeah. you can just delete them. But you're able to learn your own body in such a different way. Because, like, no one anymore is, like, taking the mirror. Like, you see in some films and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, what's like, it look like? Legs and stirrups and just <laughs> Yeah, and, like, the taking mirror, the like... mirror in between your legs. Like, that doesn't really happen anymore because we can take a phone yeah. and put it down between our legs and look at our own vaginas just fine. Mm-hmm. I think also spending someone that we both know, and maybe I should say... There's a woman in the moksha community or the yoga community that we belong to who's just like, yeah, just be naked. If you're feeling self-conscious about your body, just walk around your house naked. Oh, be yeah. Naked totally. JJ. Oh, yeah. yeah. JJ. Uh, it, that's really all it is, is if you want to be comfortable in your own skin, it's the same as being comfortable in any situation. You just have to expose yourself to that situation. Mm. So, but obviously start off by yourself. That's why I said take selfies. Like, mm. even if it's not for someone, take them for yourself and get, like, you can find eventually you'll find something that makes you like okay well like this is fine that like looks, this is okay yeah your uh, your confidence in your uh in your own skin uh how has that affected your your sex life um i'm guessing in a pretty positive way um <laughs> um my sex life has been very very strange and people have always uh spoken to me about my sex like how I just give off a very sexual energy and like very confident, sexy energy and personality. And it's like I said before, I lost my virginity when I was 15 um, on a playground on Christmas Day. Ooh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it was cold, but it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was with like a long term boyfriend who I'd been dating for like quite some time. I thought you were going to say it was with Santa. No. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> If only. No, it was with a little emo boy. He had the little mm-hmm. swoop going and everything. Love it. it was so cute. Um, so, yeah, and there was that. But then after that, I became, like, very promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I did things that I didn't even know at the time 
what I was doing. Right. Does that make sense? Like, like in what way? Uh, like things that are were damaging, potentially damaging, or totally. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, like I, I had some very like negative uh, sexual experiences growing up that at the time I didn't view as being sexual, and now as an or being negative, they were sexual. I knew they were sexual, but they I didn't view them as being like a negative thing on my life. Mm. Whereas now, looking back, it's like, oh, I was totally. A fifteen-year-old being taken advantage of, right? Right. Like so, like you're talking about putting yourself in situations that allow totally. you to and, be taken advantage yeah. of. And I thought, like, like specifically with like older men and stuff. Whereas uh, I would be contacted by an older man via the internet and invited to come over, and I'd be like, "Yeah, great." Like I'm like fifteen or sixteen, but this like twenty five year old guy like wants me to come over. He's attracted to me, blah mm. blah 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 blah. And then like just being taken advantage of in like negative ways. But though I don't I don't want to say like I regret those situations because I feel they made me mature at a very early age when it came to s- sexuality and it made me learn about myself very quickly. Mm-hmm. But, like, there was, like, a good two or three years that I wouldn't even, like, actually touch a dick or, like, look at one. Like, they freaked me out. But I had had one inside me, like, many times. But I was, like, very nervous about even handling one. So would you say that that period came... So it sounds... I'm just going to repeat repeat back what I heard. It That you lost your virginity, got very promiscuous, had some sexual experiences that were very positive, put yourself in situations where you were, now that you look back on, um, taken advantage of. And then was it after that where it was like a, a second coming of age where you started to look back and maybe like feel shameful about past experiences that you weren't shame, feeling shamed about before? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it wasn't... I don't even like to use shame as a thing, as like a word to describe it, because it's not so much shame as in it's just a realization that that wasn't a healthy way to go about sex. Right. Like there was no discussion. Mm. There was no like things would just happen. There's like a completely my, different route. My like third time having sex, I was fucked in the ass by a man who was like 10 years older than me. Mm. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's- you know what I mean? So like that's what I mean is like. And, like, I was aware of what was going on, and he's like, oh, well, why don't we do this? And I was like, sure, I don't want this, like, nice man who's letting me come over to his house, like, get mad at me. I don't want to say no. Like, I don't really know. Like, sure, I'll try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did that affect your relationship to anal sex? Yes. In general? Like, is that something, like, you just, is that something you don't? I've had two negative experiences with anal sex actually there was that one which actually was the first one was actually handled quite well by him though i will say that like i was just too young and didn't understand what was going on Mm -hmm. but that was handled very well in fact that like there was lube involved and there's stuff Mm -hmm. like that whereas the other one uh a gentleman i know invited me out i had just turned 19 so i was quite a bit older and um we ended up having like sex and anal sex, and I ended up like getting torn because there was no. Maybe we shouldn't call him a gentleman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's not call him a gentleman, actually, <laughs> because he's actually a horrible person. But <laughs> it was just like I got too drunk, and like I had a, like, like I, yeah. It was just like not the best time. The next day, I woke up and I was 
Like, it's one of those weird things with consent, whereas, like, at the time, like, I know I consented to it, but afterwards I felt like crap. Right. Mm. And I did feel like I was taken advantage of because if I hadn't have been drinking, yeah, I probably would have said no or been like, let's discuss it or let's not put it in dry. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Or, like, like, at this point in my life, I'm, like, a huge believer in, um, like, conversation and mm. just, like, talking about things beforehand. And we are huge advocates for that. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, I think it's just so important. And I think that's what I lacked. And I think that's what was really rough um, starting out um, in my sexual years mm. was that I didn't, I wasn't mature enough to talk about it, which means I probably wasn't mature enough to really be having sex. I think that's super valid. And I, but, and not to um, invalidate or like, um, uh, minimize what you're talking about, but when I think about my first sexual relationship, we'd never talked about it. We had sex for years, and we were monogamous, and when we broke up uh, many years later, I realized we didn't have communication skills about anything, let alone sex, and... Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's all. I just wanted to add that. No, absolutely. And it, it's so important. And that's what's, like, really made me realize. Um, going on from, so I lost my virginity when I was 15. I did want to talk about this because this is actually, like, something that's really, really important to me. And I thought would be really great to talk about on the show. Um, when I was 17 years old, I started dating uh, just on and off this man who was 32. Okay. So, like, significant age gap. Um, and that was my first experience in an actual fetish-style relationship. Mm. So dom-sub, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm very submissive. I am 100% a sub. Mm-hmm. I am totally, totally a sub. Um, but I hadn't had a lot of experience, and he actually ended up using that um, against me. And such. He was actually just abusive. Right. Right. But used and like that's my whole thing, like with this Fifty Shades of Grey stuff coming out and all that, and that's what's so like damaging because that's what damaged me the most. Right. Mm. Was you, more that manipulation. How long were you dating this guy? A few months. Okay. Um, he was like a man in a position of power who was able to get me like into bars underage mm-hmm. and thought it was super cool like I was hanging out with this guy stuff like that and then um there was like weird signs happening ahead of time and then there was one night where I uh we had gotten home from the bar where he was staying and there was no one else there and we had been arguing a little bit and I was like you know what I'm just gonna go home because I have a photo shoot tomorrow this was back when I first started modeling so I was like really excited about this photo shoot I was like I have a photo shoot um, I'm just going to go home. We're arguing. We can talk tomorrow when we're not drunk. At this point, I'm getting like a little bit more mature and understanding like where to stand my ground. Yeah, sounds like it. And uh, he was like, no. And he locked me in a room. And I had to like take my body and body slam through the door and run outside screaming. And he had come outside and grabbed me by the neck and had me up against a wall and I was, like, screaming. And he was like, no, you told me you are going to stay and fuck me. And, and I was like, no, like, get the fuck off me. I want to go home. I just kept on screaming. I just want to go home. And he was like, no. And he kept on, like, smashing. I kept on, like, running away from him. He was a big guy. And eventually some guys who were, these were in some townhouses. 
Some guys heard me screaming from around the corner and came and were like, what the fuck are you doing, buddy? Like, go get her stuff. And they brought me my stuff and waited with me for a cab. And a oh, cab Jesus. Home. Wow. Whoa. And so, but that was, you said that, was that pretty early on? Or is that, was that the end? That, that was the end. Okay. I never saw him again. Okay. After that, because it was just, that got to the point that it was just like, no. <laughs> like, at that point, I had recognized that that was, like, wrong. Mm. What were the early signs? Um, Mostly just, like, him saying things to me or, like, manipulating me or, like, guilting me. Like, if I, like, had to go, like, I was 17, so I had a fucking curfew. Mm-hmm. And if I had to go home, like, try to catch a bus and stuff, he'd be like, oh, no, well, like, let's fuck first and stuff and just, like, pull down my pants and, like, and I thought that this was, like, what a dom-sub relationship was supposed to be and stuff like that, right? Like, that you, I was clouded by what was going on because I thought that that's just the way that that relationship was. And I'd always been kind of interested. I had always been, like, I had heard of Betty Page and, like, all this other, like, cool, like, fetishy was always very interested in it, and this was kind of, like, a way that I saw, like, an open door to, like, get into that world, and then I quickly realized that, like, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And after that, I made it a goal of mine to educate myself and try and educate as many people as possible on what, like, a real dom-sub relationship should be. Mm. I was going to say, did that did that experience <laughs> deter you from... Um, pursuing like sexual relationships for a while, or did, it, or or even did it deter you from like the concept or the idea of of dabbling in in you know into kink and things like that? Um, it didn't so much deter me actually. After that situation happened, I started dating a guy pretty much right away afterwards, um, who had kind of helped me out through that, and that was my longest relationship I've ever had. Um, him and I were quite close. We dated for like four or five years and, uh, he was very vanilla. So there wasn't really a lot of like kinky fetishy stuff going on in that relationship. But that was the point that I started doing more fetish based stuff through my modeling mm. and, um, stuff like that. And just educating myself cause I knew something was wrong. Though it still made my boyfriend at the time, like, quite uncomfortable. Right. Um, And it wasn't until, like, quite recently that I've been able to have, like, a happy and healthy dom-sub relationship with a very caring boy who, Mm -hmm. like, is understanding. Right. And who is healthy about it. Do you, you, like, um, partake in any of the kink community here in Halifax? Um, No, we kind of stick to our own. Um... Even to the point that I don't really want to do, like, a lot of bondage photo shoots and stuff because the way our relationship kind of works out is that, like, he is my dom and I, uh, like, just don't feel comfortable with anyone else, like, tying me up mm. except for him. Right. Though I do understand that there's a lot, like, uh, Society of Bastet mm-hmm. is yeah. an incredible, incredible group of people who are all, like, so well-educated. Yeah. Um. And just, like, really, really great. You learn so much from them. Like, they're a huge part of the sex show, which I'm the director of the fashion show for the Everything to Do with Sex Show. So I'm, like, very much a part of that lifestyle. I've just... All of the stuff about my past and all of this, like, being very young and all of that and having all of these, like, weird experiences and being promiscuous very young 
has just made me learn that it's very important to be educated mm-hmm. and it's very important to like research what you're doing before you go into it, or at least talk about it with someone because that's all you can really do. Mm. That situation with that guy, did your parents know you were dating him or did no. you have friends or anything that you were confiding my f- in? My friends knew. Yeah. My mom didn't. Right. Parents didn't. Did your mom ever kind of know about your, your promiscuous um, teenage uh, years? My mom never even really gave me the talk. Like right. I never right. really had the talk. We just kind of came at one point to a mutual understanding that we're both sexual beings mm-hmm. and we both enjoy sex. My mom and I are at the point now that we've shared blowjob tips with each other. Like we're oh, Jesus. like yeah, we're right. very open. I mean like not to the fact of like mother daughter stuff, but like we're very open. Like mm-hmm. if I have a problem, if I like am having an issue or something, like I have no problem talking with her. Um though at that time like I knew she would have been very upset with me with the 32-year-old. Yeah. And I know she would have... And rightly so. ...literally murdered him. Mm, yeah. So I decided I didn't want my mom to go to jail. Yeah. So I just didn't tell her. Yeah. Um, and I don't think she still knows to this day. She'll probably listen to this and find out about it, and I'll get a call later. But <laughs> It's wild because I know another woman who's experienced like an unhealthy sexual relationship in her youth and also didn't tell her parents. And I... And... With the same thing, it's like it would, it would kill them, them to yeah. know. And I wonder, it's just like there's so many layers to, to experience like that in terms of, like if I was a mom, I would one hundred percent want my daughter to tell me about that, and I would one hundred percent go to jail for murdering exactly. someone for that. Yeah, but I think also. I'd like to be a mom in prison for killing someone who yeah. wronged my daughter. Yeah, I mean, you're in the prison cell, and they're like, what'd you come in for? I, uh, I, I murdered slayed, my daughter's lover. Slayed the lover of my daughter. Yeah. Like, oh, my daughter's totally. abuser, really, not lover, we exactly. should say. Yeah. And, like, the whole thing of it is just, like, when someone is that much older and in a position of power where they're doing stuff for you mm-hmm. to make you want to be with them, they're like, oh, well, if you're with me, I can you can do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's taking advantage of someone and manipulating them when they're too young. Like I was 17 and I, I was aware of everything I was doing, but I was 17 and just thought it was the coolest shit. Mm-hmm. I was going to bars. I was like, hanging yeah, you're out with aware, all these people. you're aware of everything you're doing, but you're not aware. You're not of aware. You're what being, you're doing. Yeah. You're not aware you're being taken, taken advantage yeah. of. Whereas him as a 32 year old man, Mm-hmm. Should know that, that guy's hey, just or a real piece of shit. The, I mean, yeah. like, it's pretty obvious that that guy is a piece of shit. Or yeah. the twenty-five-year-old who's introducing you to anal sex, like he knows something that you don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, out of your, out of your, just coming back to your modeling career, is there anything that you? Is there like a, a kind of a wish list or like a dream list in terms of a type of shoot that you would like to do someday? Um, um. I suppose so. Like, I always have concepts that kind of pop into my mind. I'm actually moving to the point now that I'm kind of interested in creating my own content. Cool. In a way of photography. But it's it's definitely going to be a learning curve, and mm-hmm. it's going to take some time. But I'm just getting to the point now that I'm getting older, even though I'm still 24. So it's not, and I still have lots of years to be able to do it. But I, I kind of... um 
I'm getting frustrated with, even though I'm a model and a makeup artist and I have so much control over the image, I still will like have this idea in my head and then work with a photographer and the, that idea won't come out. And I kind of want to, um, go more for having my own vision and creating that myself. Mm. Um, but where, when it comes to modeling, it's just, I would love to travel, but I've never been interested in so much in being signed to an agency or anything like that because I'm very much of an individual. So if I want to get a tattoo, I want to get a tattoo. If I want to change yeah. my hair, I want to change my hair. Um, so not so much anything specific. I just, I would love to go to New York. Yeah. Have you ever, do some work in New York. Have you ever looked into Suicide Girls? Like, is there, what's the process there? Of, of, I'm assuming you would know. Um, I have some very good friends who are Suicide Girls and I have looked into it. I actually did get accepted to the website and just never shot photo sets. <laughs> like I have my Suicide Girl name and everything, but I never actually. Oh, why is that? Shot. Um, because it, there's a lot of photos that are required. Like a mm. photo set is a lot of photos, and uh, it's very hard if you don't if you aren't able to work with a staff photographer for Suicide Girls to really get. Basically, how it goes is you become a Suicide Girl and you submit the photos, and they go up on the website. But it's only when Suicide Girls purchases your set that uh, you become an official su- uh, Suicide Girl. It's called Going Pink. Okay. okay. For, for those who don't know what Suicide Girls is, uh, do you want to just explain what that is? Uh, Suicide Girls is uh, it's female-run and operated, I believe. It was started by a woman. And it's just a subscription website where you um, get a subscription and you're able to view nude photos that are usually pretty racy. They're not porn there's no. Uh, oh, really? I would have like I would have ex- described it as like soft core porn. But it's I guess, definitely it's definitely soft core porn, yeah, but, it's not, but it's not. There's no penetration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's usually just like single models or or like a couple of girls yeah. or three girls together. And they they like to keep it with alternative. Yeah, um, a lot of so tattoos, tattoos, piercings, piercings. colored hair. Man, I um, jerked off to so much Suicide Girls when I was a teenager. They're, Holy shit. They're moving away so much from the total alt. There are some girls who have less tattoos who are on there now. Oh, okay. Um, but they also promote plus size, mm-hmm. people of color, mm-hmm. like literally like anything. Like there's some Suicide Girls who are plus size girls who are absolutely beautiful. Are like, they transgendered Suicide Girls? Ooh. Mm, I, don't know. I haven't looked into it in a while. When I was in Vancouver was when I was doing it because that's where staff photographers were. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and we didn't have any staff photographers here. I shot two sets, but they weren't up to the standard that I wanted to send in. Because if you're not going to do it with a staff photographer, it has to be up to like a pretty high standard. And I just wasn't comfortable with the images. They weren't what I wanted to put myself out as if I was to be a suicide girl. Right. Um, but at this point, like, though I totally, like, love suicide girls and think it's great, um, if I was to do something like that, I would probably make my own website and just do cool. my own original content with no rules and yeah. do just whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that your – do you have, like, a, like a hard limit there? Um, you know, we're talking about like softcore porn and like no penetration and stuff like that. Like, is that, is that a realm that you would ever cross over to, or are you pretty strictly like just nude modeling 
Um, no, I would I would cross over to some other things. Um, probably not so much porn, uh, as in like a lot of penetration, like with men or mm-hmm. anything. But I've cammed. Like I used to be a cam girl, right? Um, just to make some extra money when I was really low. And, like, for that, I did, like, some penetration, like, solo videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be against it. Um, what were you using? What what's, uh, what service were you using for camming? My free cams. <laughs> My free cams, yeah. The, the go-to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, just because, like, it was literally hilarious when I used to cam. I, like, a lot of girls um, who do cam will, like, set up their shows. And they're like, this is when I'm on, blah, 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 blah. This is what I do. Like, these are all my toys and stuff. I literally would just be like, okay, I'm horny. I want to masturbate. Let's find someone to give me money while I do it. And I would just, like, Solid, yeah. literally log on, find, like, some poor sucker and be like, hey, want to watch me masturbate? And he'd be like, yeah. Absolutely. Ching, 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 ching. So it wasn't, like... I cammed, but I wasn't, like, a cam girl in a way of, like, I had a specific show and I did, like, fancy things. I just needed some extra cash. And I was <laughs> like, I'm going to masturbate anyway, so I might as well make some fucking money on it. <laughs> I love that. But you could also just set up a camera and not do it live and then add them to your private website and have people, exactly. like, subscribe to a membership mm-hmm. and get your exactly. videos. Exactly. Put some panties up there for sale. Mm. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. You got to do the whole. Uh, you got to do the whole marketplace. Apparently, yeah. like the camming, the underwear sales. You know, like maybe a little bit of. It, it's like it's difficult for me. Um, at this point in my life, I've kind of taken a step back from modeling. I've only really gotten back into it over this past year or half a year, um, and it's mostly due to the fact that I've gotten another professional career. Whereas, and I'm really trying to focus on my makeup. Right on. Um, and though I am a sexual person and I love taking nude photos and I love creating art, that's like the basis of where my heart is. Like, I like to create art. Um, but there's this crazy, crazy, like, fine line where it's like, I want to promote myself as a model, but in my professional life, like, it's not always great. Mm. To be like, hey, there's naked pictures of me on the internet. Right. When, especially when I work in, like, I'm a makeup artist, so there's, like, a very, there's a lot of females. But I also work in industries where there's a lot of men as well. Yeah. And uh, though I dislike it, there's a lot of, it's like the issue happening right now with Emma Watson's Vanity Fair cover, where people are saying she's, uh, She's like she's been a feminist for a long time, but people are saying that she's not a feminist now that she's posed topless on Vanity Fair, and people can't take her seriously as a feminist anymore, and people just can't take her seriously anymore for her like educated. How can you take those comments seriously? Oh my god, like that's so fucking silly. Exactly. So it's like it's there's that really weird line of like I love the idea of like everyone being okay with that, but. Unfortunately, that's not not the way the world is. Yeah. And, like, I could easily lose a job Mm. if someone found out that there was naked pictures of me on the internet. I hear that, but I just feel like feminism is in the way i mean every, i feel i don't like to use that word cuz it's so convoluted and everyone has their own definition of it but i just feel like feminism today is saying is 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 like or not necessarily is saying this but 
if you have naked pictures on the internet and you're a feminist, um, or you choose to do a naked photo shoot and you're a feminist, then your feminism is saying, fuck you, I can be naked if I want to be. Exactly. And that, like, that's how I, like, I identify as a feminist, but I think, like, and, like, that's why I'm saying I don't agree with these, like, ideas, but yeah. they are the it's reality. Just the, it's the reality. Is right that, now. like, if I was to go to a job and I would go into a meeting for an interview and someone Googles my name, yeah, they're going to see some naked photos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are they going to try and take advantage of me? Are they going to think that because there's naked photos of me on the internet that... They can ask me for sexual favors, and mm. then I can get the job. Like, am I going to be taken advantage of in that way? Mm-hmm. It's like this whole other layer of a thought process that I have to go through every time I have to go into, like, meeting someone mm. or, like, working on a professional level. Mm-hmm. It's like, do they want to work with me because they think I'm talented? Or do or they want to work with me because they think they can get my clothes off? Me? Yeah. yeah. I feel like who cares why they hire you in that? I mean, I don't want to be insensitive, but who cares what reason they've hired you? Because at the end of the day, you're not going to fuck them. And if that's why they hired you, well, you're still doing the fucking job that you would do. do well, you- that's basically how I live my life. Like, that's basically <laughs> like what it is. But it's still like unsettling to even have to have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but like, that's basically where I am now is like, I'm, I've, like I, I took a year break of really modeling, and now I'm back at it because I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to keep doing what I love and creating the content that I love and creating the art that I think is important to mm. share with the world. And I'm going to do what makes me feel good. Yeah, and I'm going to do it all. Um, well, this was awesome. Thanks mm. for coming in. Is no there anything doubt. that we didn't touch on that you were hoping we would uh, we'd dive into? No. I don't think so. Sweet. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. A lot of issues that yeah. I think. I think we touched on a whole bunch of important. fucking stuff. Yeah, it's great. I'm yeah. so glad people are going to hear your story and hear like what you're up to now because I think there's a real sense of like you like get in maybe over your head and then you realize it and then you rise above it and, and you, you own your sexuality mm-hmm. above those experiences. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You It just, you can go through these, like, traumatic experiences or these shitty experiences, but in the end, you learn from them, and if you can really learn from them and just move on and understand who you are sexually, then it'll all be okay. Mm. And you'll end up, like, like I said, I don't really have any regrets because I feel like it's made me who I am today in a sense of I know what I want and I know what's right and I know what's wrong for mm. me personally. Yeah. So to me, that's the epitome of not letting your experiences define you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Kyla, thank you so much. Yeah. This no problem. was really, really awesome. Um, and thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as always, we'll be back next week with another uh, super sex filled episode of Turn Me On. Um, but in the meantime, head on over to iTunes. Uh, because we, uh, when we launched this this little podcast, this little married podcast of ours, uh, we ro- skyrocketed to the top five on the comedy charts in the Canadian iTunes Store, and uh, we liked it there. Oh man, it, it was great! And you know, we're still pretty high up on the charts. And the, the way that that happens is, it seems iTunes kind of keeps it on lockdown, but it seems 
Uh, the more ratings and reviews that we get on the iTunes store, uh, the the higher up you go on the charts. And why is that good? Uh, well, that's good because that allows us the opportunity to be seen by more people. Uh, more people that might not have heard of uh, us before. And so uh, we would really appreciate your support in taking a moment to go leave us, uh, leaving us a, a rating and a review. All you need is an iTunes store ID, whatever the fuck Apple that is. Apple ID. Apple ID, there you go. Uh, yeah, so just log on to that sucker and give us a five-star rating, obviously. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much. Uh, that's it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I want to do it with an accent sometimes. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.